Voice of Hope is the podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ explores what is truth. We'll look at how Jesus stands in the contradictions of humanity and what is normal. It comes from John chapter 18, verse 28, through chapter 19, verse 16. So what is truth? That was the question asked by Pilate. Big question. A lot of books have been written about that, a lot of philosophy, philosophers, a lot of theologians, a lot of theology is dedicated to trying to discover truth. A lot of people have died for it and fought for it. A lot of people wondered whether my truth is better or more true than your truth. My truth about the infinite God is more true than your truth about the infinite God. News programs. News programs are full of people trying to say, no, this is what's really going on. This is the truth. Listen to us. Political campaigns, parties, countries, diplomats, everybody, everybody is trying to, trying to get people to come around to their version of the truth. So it's not a small question. What is truth? I don't know if Pilate was actually expecting an answer or if he was just exasperated if there was something he was kind of hoping that maybe Jesus would fill him in. But if he was, he was disappointed. Because Jesus didn't say anything. Right? That passage, and what is the truth? And then there is this pause. And I think it just got really awkward. I think it just got really uncomfortable. And when he didn't get an answer... He just moved on because that's what happens sometimes when we get to those places, those awkward pauses in our life when, we, when the truth of our life, and we can't even put words to them because before, before there are words, there is the silence. And in that silence, if we, if we can stick around, if we can hang in there long enough, there is something that begins to emerge and the truth is being thrown back onto Pilate and back onto the crowd. What, what is truth? Because there's a couple different versions of it going on today, aren't there? There's a couple different versions of it going on here in front of Pilate. There is the truth of Pilate and his life. In that moment, I wonder how much of it just started to dawn on him. He really had a miserable job. He was dealing with really annoying people in a really miserable little stretch of the desert. It was a minor kingdom in, in the big picture of things, and he had gotten stuck here. You could just see the irritation in his life and in his voice in this one scene. He, they won't even come in to see him. They get him up. They has to go out to see them because of their traditions again. And he doesn't understand why they're so upset, and it just makes them more upset the truth of his life 
The truth of a crowd that just days before was captivated and cheering for this same guy and saying, this is the one who God has sent and now they're saying crucify him. This is the truth in that moment if you pause long enough, if you hang in there long enough. He doesn't even have his friends around him. What kind of a king is this? Even his closest friends have betrayed him and deserted him. This is the truth of that. This Messiah who... A Messiah of one? That's the truth? Behold the man, he says, finally. He brings him out. He's all beat up. He's got a fat lip. He's got, he's got cuts. He's bleeding. He's unrecognizable. Listen, okay, here he is. Here's the guy. This is the truth of who we are this day. This person who isn't a threat to anyone. Here's the truth. It's also the truth about humanity at that point, isn't it? Not just in that day, but all days. One person talked about the truth as that thing that before there's words, it's silence. It's like, watch the TV. The next time you watch the news, just turn off the sound and just watch the pictures. Just watch the images, one after the other. Keep it on during the commercials. Keep it on for the sports section. Keep it on for, and just let the weight of all of that Here's the truth of humanity. We are really good at healing people and we are really good at killing people. We create and we destroy. And we're good at both. That's the truth of who we are. That's the truth of what is happening in this, in this moment, in this silence, at all, this vortex of everything of what it means to be human. Here, here is where Christ is standing. Christ is standing in this place with this truth here's this humanity that can create amazing art and culture and we can build theaters where people come and are entertained and in a moment we can reduce it to rubble and now it becomes a death trap that's the that's the truth of who we are that our our greatest innovations our greatest genius often is first, is first given into how can we inflict pain and destruction on other people. We have the highest aspirations and we can also sabotage ourselves. We could be monsters and we can be heroes. And sometimes all at once. Here's the truth. Do you want to know what the truth is? It's Jesus and not giving words. And just by standing there, the weight of the moment, the weight of history is right here. It is the truth of our own lives and the truth of the paradox of who we are. This is more than just turning phrases. This is getting to the paradox of you and I and who we are, of, of wondering whether even there is such a thing as truth, or maybe it's just the compilation of all the little truths of our lives and the facts and figures, and somehow hoping that's enough. It's giving ourselves to things and then wondering if it matters or if anybody notices. It is the truth of the, our own grief and the ache of our life, and wondering whether anybody cares. It is that ache. And in that ache, Jesus is standing there too. Because that's where Jesus stands. 
Jesus doesn't just come for the cathedrals. Jesus doesn't just come for the mountaintops. Jesus is most profoundly present in the places where life aches and it makes no sense. It's chaotic, it's ridiculous, it's painful, and there is Jesus choosing to stand there. Because this is also about the truth of God. This isn't just about the truth of Pilate, humanity, and ourselves. This is about the truth of God. And Jesus came to change our minds about who God is. And so in this, we have the absurdity of the person who is to be the judge of the living and the dead now being judged by a mob. The one who is the truth is being sabotaged and overtaken by lies. The one who is going to be the bread of life is the one who hungers, the The living water is going to thirst. The healer is wounded. Here's the paradox of this moment, and it's it's telling us something profoundly about God because that is where Christ chooses to stand. It's in this vortex. And as long as Jesus stands there, as long as Christ stands there, there is the possibility that we will begin to see the truth about ourselves and the truth of what God is trying to bring and that by those same wounds we are healed you know that verse by the chains that somehow we get to be freed that Jesus chooses to be in the most God forsaken place so that the God forsaken never have to be alone because Jesus is there too There is the possibility, there's the possibility that in that moment that we begin to see what Jesus sees. Humanity as broken and wounded and magnificent and lost and sacred and holy and loved. If we stay with this long enough, if we don't just move on to the next in that silence, this truth can begin to unfold. And we begin to see as Christ sees, love as Christ loves, and live as Christ lives. That's really the theme of what Joy has put together this wonderful meditation. I invite you to just watch and let this sink in. Listen for the truth of this day, of this world, and of our life. It is true, the world is wounded, weary and worried. It is also true, the divine spark still stirs and sustains hope. Just a little bit of light can dispel a lot of darkness. look for 
Look for the sparks of compassion. They are there. Please pause with me and open your mind's eye. What person, persons, or need comes into focus? What love in action can you offer? That is your divine spark of compassion. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are? whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. The wonder of the divine spark residing within each and every person, stirring and sustaining hope, revealing the spirit of infinite love, Jesus is in this moment, and in this moment is revealing the truth of who we are. But in also, this is the truth of who we have it in us to become, who we can be, because this is a part, this is one of those unique stories that's a part of John, that, that John felt like, you've got to know this stuff. This is a story that's going to be really important if you're going to understand what it means to have life abundant. Because here it is, he's setting up two very different realities. And asking us to choose which reality will we lean in towards. Which one will we give ourselves to? Today, today, if you had to pick two realities, if you had to pick two people who, who represent the great realities of our world, you might pick these two. Which neighborhood are they creating and which merits our loyalty? One suggests cardigan sweaters, the other a Kevlar vest. We all know about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. How come they don't have TV shows about Mr. Putin's neighborhood? And it's because that's what's called normal. 
think it was a couple weeks ago, David Brooks had this article about normal and what normal is and, and that we think of getting back to normal. And he said, be careful. This reality, this reality that is going on, this is what is normal. It is normal that might makes right. That we create, we create neighborhoods and have always created neighborhoods where we are comfortable with people who look like us, act like us, vote like us, think like us, and we put walls around in one way or another to keep people out, to keep ourselves in. And if you're our friends, if you're part of this neighborhood, you're welcome. If you're not, you're crushed. That's normal. That's the normal story of humanity. Might makes right. And friends are good, but armies are better. And one talks about the golden rule of Jesus, and the other talks about the real golden rule, that the one who has all the gold makes all the rules. That's normal. And what Jesus is talking about is something that is abnormal. It's a new normal. It hasn't even always gotten here yet, and we only catch glimpses of it. And it begs the question... Who's the most dangerous person who was on that screen? And maybe, just maybe, the question is, it's Mr. Rogers. Are we setting up our children for a world that doesn't really exist? Are we setting them up to succeed in a world where what's normal doesn't look anything like that neighborhood? Maybe it's fine for kids and for kids stuff, but adults, really? This seems pretty frivolous, pretty relevant. Because in the real world, we know how things really work. Pilate knows how things really work. Until, until he runs into Jesus. Because in this interchange, Pilate is completely thrown off again and again and again. And he's not answering. And he's not afraid. He doesn't seem to understand how this world works. And at one point, he even says, don't you understand? Don't you know I have the authority to release you and also to crucify you? And in Jesus' response, it was, you know, you don't have any more authority than what you've been given. And that really scares Pilate. Because it's in this moment, in this moment, that it's revealed who really is the prisoner. And it's not the one who's bound, and it's not the one who's got the crown of thorns. It's the one who thinks he's in charge, and he's not. And so here's these two neighborhoods, these two worlds, these two realities. And it starts to get clear that the first, the way the world is, you know how things normally run, is only normal for now but there is another world that's coming on this world with all its illusions of power is nothing more than just an illusion and it's already crumbling it's crumbling in front of this lone messiah from the back country with no followers around completely deserted and it's already crumbling and then there's this other neighborhood and it's this neighborhood that God is creating, that Christ is creating, the, the one who came to dwell among us, the one who is incarnating, the word of God who becomes flesh and is saying, here's the world, here's the world that is not here yet, but it's coming. And we're talking about Mr. Rogers today, but it's not really about Mr. Rogers, of course. It's about the one who Mr. Rogers follows. It's, 
It's just a, another iteration of what happens when somebody begins to follow and wants to live into that kind of a neighborhood. But we could easily pull, pull out people like Martin Luther King Jr., Dorothy Day, Mother Teresa. These are all other people who have said, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to put my weight over here because this is the kind of neighborhood that I believe in. This is the kind of neighborhood I want to create. This is the one that is coming on. And if it's not here completely yet, it doesn't mean I can't start to live there and create it now. And so the most important question today, the most adult question today, not frivolous, maybe the most compelling question today comes from a whimsical children's TV show host who simply says, won't you be my neighbor? In the actions that you take, in the things that you do, and yes, this is for kids, but it's for our kids. What kind of what kind of neighborhood do we want our kids to grow up in? And our grandkids and our great-grandkids. What kind of neighborhood do we want to create for them? And then what are we going to do about it? How will we live in it? What are the things that you and I will do? And then it's not just for our kids and our grandkids. It's for others and their children and the ones who haven't been born yet. What kind of neighborhood will we create? Which kind of reality? What kind of things will we do to create this neighborhood? The most important question we can answer is, will you be my neighbor? And not just for those who look like us and act like us and think like us, but maybe even particularly for those who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't vote like us, who don't think like us, who maybe even don't like us. What will we do to create that kind of a place where that neighborhood exists? Because John is giving us this picture of these two neighborhoods, these, these two worlds, these two realities. And he's saying, here's the choice. It, it can't be any more stark than the world as it is and the world that is yet to come. And the question is, the question is this. Is there any question that's more compelling? Any question that has more the possibility of life in it? Any question that is more critical than simply, won't you be my neighbor? And how will we respond? Would you join me in prayer? In this broken and wounded world, oh God, in this world where it is more normal to destroy, to be suspicious, to sabotage, to exclude, Give us the fresh eyes today to see, to see you standing here, standing here in our lives and in our world. Give us the heart to see this world as loved even as it's lost, sacred, and waiting for people to give their lives to what is yet to be your neighborhood, your kingdom, your will, through your Son. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.